What I also like about investment analysis is that you don't lose money until you sell. And that is an important aspect for loss aversion. Because if you want to become less loss averse, you need to think about it in the context of when am I going to lose this money? Welcome to the Free From Wall Street podcast, where we share how we have done over $200 million in real estate deals to create, preserve, and pass on generational wealth without the roller coaster ride of the stock market. If you're ready to start investing with purpose, visit freefromwallstreet.com. But for now, let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Free From Wall Street podcast. My name is Stephen Libman. I am your host. It is Tuesday, September 13th, and we're going to talk today about behavioral economics. So today, the inflation report came back out 8.3% up in uh, the month of August again. So inflation continues to run rampant. What's that mean for the stock market? It means that yesterday it lost about 800 points. It's uh, about 11 a.m. this morning. It's down about another 860 points. So the stock market volatility isn't what we're going to talk about today. It's how that volatility and behavioral economics affects long-term retirement planning. So there's a couple of things that happen when we start discussing behavioral economics. One, and I think the most important thing to talk about is loss aversion. So if you don't know what loss aversion is, let's just put it in perspective really quick. Let's say that you were to gamble and you could win $10 on a scratch off, or you could potentially lose $5 on that same scratch off. They're in your favor, right? You could actually win more than you could lose. But only 19% of us would actually take that bet because of loss aversion, meaning it creates more pain in our body and in our brain to lose something than to win something. Even millionaires, actually, this doesn't even apply to just kind of middle market America. Even millionaires, if they had an opportunity to win a hundred bucks or lose 50 bucks in the same bet, they only 22% of millionaires who are significantly more financially stable than $50 would create in their lives are still only going to take that bet 22% of the time because of loss aversion. So there's a couple of pieces in your brain that actually make you think about how to prevent loss. Some of it's good, right? I mean, it's um, some of it's helpful and some of it can create problems, especially in your retirement account because of loss aversion. So number one is the amygdala, right? It creates fear. Number two is the insula, which makes you feel disgusted. And then the striatum, which deals with prediction errors. When these three parts of your brain light up together, you panic. So you want to avoid this feeling. You want to avoid this emotion. And essentially, that's where loss aversion comes into play. So how does this What's this matter for investment, right? Well, it actually matters a lot because if you saw yesterday the market tumble 800 points, today it's tumbling 800 points, and that part of your brain starts to light up, the first thing you want to do is stop that feeling. So most people will make a snap decision and sell off what they can to stop the bleeding. Now, this is very interesting because when you study the history of the S&P, right, the average is 75 to 8%, but most investors are only making 34 to 4.1%. Well, why is that? It's because of loss aversion. It's because they sell when markets start to tumble versus riding the market out. So over time, 
people are actually losing about half of what they should be making because of this loss aversion. Because you make a snap decision and it is really in opposition to what a sound investment decision should be. So <laughs> this is why I love real estate, by the way, is you can't make a snap decision, right? The market can't tumble and then you say, oh, let's sell this property and two days later you're out of the property. Maybe in limited circumstances you can, right? A cash buyer comes in and does that, but still it's going to take a month. What I also like about investment analysis is that you don't lose money until you sell. And that I think is an important aspect for loss aversion because if you want to become less loss averse, you need to think about it in the context of when am I going to lose this money? Well, you don't lose the money until you sell it, right? So if the market's down 800 points and then you sell, you've lost money. If you ride it and it comes back up a thousand points, then you've made money. You haven't lost anything. But that pain point in your brain is what creates, and there's, there's a ton of scholarly articles about how this has affected retirement planning. So if you're getting close to retirement age or even in retirement, make sure that you have a trusted advisor that can help you talk through the emotionality of this because it is an emotional thing, right? We don't want to lose money. We need to be able to live and retire. We need to be able to create passive income or at least be able to pass on some kind of legacy so you have a loss. So you're loss averse. This is not something that's unique to you, right? All human beings have this. It's how do you train your brain to get over loss aversion so that you don't make bad investment decisions or get involved in investment assets that don't allow you to make those snap decisions, right? I, I, so one of the one of the things that we hear from some investors that are typically in stock markets is that they don't love real estate investment because it's not highly liquid. And there is a case to be made for that, right? If you need liquid assets and you have a quarter of a million dollars tied up into a real estate investment, it's more difficult to access that than it is to just go sell stocks and get your money back. The flip side of that coin is that illiquidity prevents you from making loss averse decisions. So, and historically, if you're losing half of your investment benefit because you're making loss averse decisions, there's an argument to be made that having it locked up so that your amygdala doesn't mess up your retirement account is a good thing. So anyway, I, I just, as I see the markets continually being volatile based on inflation and based on some other things that are happening, I always think it's interesting to start talking about behavioral economics because the way that you behave is directly linked to the way that you can retire, to the way that you live. And if you don't know about it, you don't know why you're making those decisions, it's difficult to think about. But if you can start thinking through, it's almost like growing your EQ, right? You have your IQ, which is your intelligence quotient. And then you have your EQ, which is your emotional quotient. And if you can grow through your emotional quotient to deal with volatility, you will make better decisions when you're emotional. The only way to do that, by the way, is reps under the bar. So you need to really understand why you're making decisions the way that you're making them, assessing them, looking back and saying, was that a good decision or a bad decision? And why did I make that decision? If it was because of my emotionality, then how do I get past that? How do I pause and not make snap decisions that will affect me and my family financially in the future. So pretty important, pretty interesting stuff. If you have any interest in learning more about behavioral economics, you can just Google some scholarly articles for it. Daniel Kahneman is one of my favorite authors who wrote a great book called Thinking Slow and Fast. He talks a little bit about behavioral economics, but really just how the brain works in general so that you can analyze it and see if you're making good decisions or bad decisions, or if you're thinking slow or thinking fast in different time periods of your life when you're making those decisions. And 
how you can temper those decisions. So anyway, hopefully this is helpful in just thinking about how you're going to make investment decisions, how you're going to track investments, how you're going to be less loss averse because it actually costs you money. It's counterintuitive, but the amygdala in your brain is supposed to keep you, the fear is supposed to keep you alive, but being alive and being wealthy are not the same thing. So don't let your amygdala make your financial decisions for you. Thanks for listening to the Free From Wall Street podcast. My name is Steve Libman. I'll check you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Free From Wall Street podcast. If you like what you hear, leave us a rating and review and let us know what you think. 